0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. In today's study, as in any of the studies, there's obviously Uh, Many different themes you could touch on. You can't get to every theme in a uh, 45-minute study. Uh, But uh, the thing that uh, is really the most prominent uh, is that the Lord is giving commandments uh, to the leaders of the nation. And uh, God, and then through Moses, Uh, are addressing the judges and the officials, the priests and the king and the prophet, on uh, how to do things right and what not to do wrong. And so there's guidelines and standards and principles. And that's really what the Torah is. It's not legalism. It's not, oh, the law, stay away from it. No, we need God's uh, guidelines, His standards. We need to understand the full gospel. And that's what we aim to do here each uh, Sunday morning and especially today. But each of the leaders had a unique role. And even today, leaders have a unique role in governing, in this case, the nation of Israel, in our case, the nation of America. Uh, And uh, leadership uh, is uh, best uh, exemplified Uh, Through basing things on Bible principles, Torah principles. A nation that is committed to secular government is a nation in decline. A nation that bases things on God's Word will continue to ascend and improve and develop and things will get better. Who wants a better life? Build it on the Bible. And so today I entitled our message, Know the Way, Go the Way, Show the Way. That's biblical leadership. You know the way, you go the way, and then you show the way. Hallelujah. So uh, God granted power to these authorities, these officials, so that they would interpret Torah law Uh, for the people on a day-to-day basis. Not every question is easily answered. Uh, Not everybody fully uh, or rightly divides the word of truth. So as you advance in leadership, you're knowing the will of God, the word of God. Uh, You're doing The will of God and then you're showing others and that is when our leaders do that on a local level a state level a national level the people rejoice When somebody has a better idea than God the people moan and groan. Oh my gosh, what the heck is going on out there? And so this is how a nation is blessed One nation under the laws of God. The laws aren't legalism. The laws create law and order. (laughs) Who likes law and order in your neighborhood? Who likes people breaking in, stealing your stuff, and nobody does anything about it? Who likes that law? No one. And so uh, the Almighty knows what voters seem to forget. That the conduct and the decisions... The legislation that is produced by elected leaders have powerful consequences for good or for bad. So uh, you hear a lot about social justice. Let me tell you what true justice is. Justice for all is only going to manifest itself when we apply God's principles over every facet of life. Right? Do we all agree? Uh, And this is true whether you're talking about uh, people that uh, hold some kind of office, or when you're raising your family or living your personal life, amen, uh, that the blessing of God, the justice of God, the favor of God, is going to manifest itself personally or nationally when we do it God's way. So that's why we need to know the way, go the way, and show the way. Amen. Amen. If you can't say amen, say boom shakalaka. So today's uh, study begins in Deuteronomy sixteen eighteen. You can open your Bible there and follow along. Different translations say it different ways. This is from the New Living. It says, appoint judges and officials for yourselves, for each of your tribes and all the towns the Lord your God is giving you. They must judge the people fairly. And then it goes on from there. So this is a law. It's not legalism, something that we should avoid and, you know, uh, like a vampire and give it the cross. It's a law. It's a divine principle, right? Judge fairly, right? Appoint people in all these different areas uh, that the Lord your God is giving you, not who the Antichrist crowd is giving you. And... These officials have to have a level of integrity, right? A level of honesty, uh, uh, and so much more. And uh, and in a larger sense, this is a demand that's being placed on all the people, right? It's not just uh, the leaders, it's you and me. God's will, God's word, God's laws, God's principles need to start at home. They're for everyone. And they're non-negotiable, although there's a lot of that negotiating going. It's not even negotiating anymore. Perversions of justice, now get this, perversions of justice are a result of unqualified leaders holding office and making laws and applying laws that are ungodly, anti-Bible, anti-Torah, and even to the point where judges, officials, whoever, are canceling hundreds and thousands of years of godly lawmaking and replacing them with a different model. This is your life under God. This is your life under Karl Marx. (laughs) Choose thee this day who you like better. And in poll after poll now, because, see, uh, we we were asleep at the wheel. That's not just a music group. We were asleep at the wheel. And suddenly people were uh, self-appointed Secular, humanist appointed, making all these laws on curriculum and through school boards and behind the scenes. We didn't even get a chance to vote on the changes. And all of a sudden, we read polls like, how can 50% of the people like communism? What's that all about? It's all about... Uh, training up a child in the way they should go. And if you're a Marxist, a communist, a socialist, the way they should go is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-American, anti-Christ, and all the rest. And suddenly uh, we have a poll that says all these new, this new generation doesn't like America. No society other than Israel has come closer to fulfilling God's model for mankind than America. And to single out America for its sins is absurd and foolish. Like, we're the only one that sinned. We've all sinned. Throughout, go back to the Garden of Eden till now, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we need to repent for whatever sins, but we don't need to keep repenting and repent and then dismantle the model. Oh, let's have redemption. But there is no redemption for the Marxist crowd. They're not looking for redemption. Well, I'm sorry. We'll try better. We'll try better to fulfill Dr. King's vision. We'll we'll get back and redouble our efforts. Now, we don't want no redoubling of efforts for Dr. King. We want to dismantle it all and put in something else. That shows you it's disingenuous. And then they don't want to hear it. They don't want to negotiate. They don't want to come let us reason together. They're just going to do it, whether you voted on it or not. That's the reason Israel's always being singled out and attacked by organizations like the UN. And now America is experiencing something similar because the foundation of everything is built on the laws of God. Now if we didn't elect the right people to administrate and judge the laws of God, that's on us. And in a big way, it's on the church. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. The salt preserves Salt preserves, it prevents decay, and in a spiritual sense, moral decay. So uh, America is going through that, and the devil enjoys that. He enjoys the social chaos. And uh, that's the thing he does best, right, is to bring chaos, confusion, strife, division, and every evil work. Uh, If we don't like the progress America has been making to ensure that the ideals of America are fairly implemented, wait until the Marxists get their way. (laughs) If you think what was going on now didn't meet your approval, wait until the Marxists take over. Who would have thought there's a Hamas caucus in the United States Congress? They promise utopia. But if you go back through all of history, this is why they don't teach history anymore. Because trained Marxists and secular rulers will do whatever they want to do once they're in power, and whatever they want to do ain't pretty. (laughs) So the verses that follow in Deuteronomy... They're laying, God is laying a foundation for how he wants society to develop. And so he gives a lot of these divine principles for creating a godly, moral, righteous society. Well, you can't legislate morality. You can't. Whatever abortion law is being legislated on one side or the other is legislating someone's morality. Someone's morality is being legislated. And God is saying, appoint officials, leaders, in today's vernacular, vote for people who are going to represent Torah Bible principles. And uh, a lot of people don't want to go on record on what they really believe. And that's why we don't want to cancel debate. We want to have more transparency, not less transparency, right? So here's some of the keys that God brings up as we go through uh, today's study. That Israel would be a nation built upon following the rule of law. People will pass the law, and it's not a suggestion. God's people, appointed by God, godly men and women, will make laws, and it's not up to you to flip a coin or get a dartboard to see whether you'll follow it. Right? And not just any law, but based on God's laws. It'd be based on God's Word. The Torah, the Bible, represents God's values. That's his ideology. If you're going to drink any Kool-Aid, drink God's (laughs) Kool-Aid. All right? Judges and officials must be of the highest integrity. The highest integrity. Don't be like a fish out of water and flip-flop all around. What do you believe? Do you believe the Bible? You put your hand on it and raise your hand. Now they don't even want to do that. And in some ways, they want to use other books. Not a good direction. Punishments are part of the legal system. You can't arrest criminals and just let them go. Right? you, You do the crime, you do the time. That's God's law. Punishment is a part of the legal system. Now, yes, the punishment needs to fit the crime. You don't need some nonviolent uh, guy that got caught smoking a doobie spending forty years in prison for it. You don't need that. But at the same, you don't need uh, to do away with the bail system, and they they get arraigned and then get released, and uh, twenty-four hours later they've committed another crime. Number four, when there are various legal opinions, political opinions, other opinions, the Torah, the Bible, needs to be the final arbiter. Right? It's not just what I feel. It's what, let's go to the Word and reason and discover what the Word says. And of course the devil hates that. Because that's the truth. Truth doesn't require a majority. We don't need to vote on the truth. It's already written down, and it's eternal. It's an eternal word. Now people want to fight that, and they don't believe that, and blah, blah, blah. But, and you can have that opinion. But we're not going to change one nation under God, which is our founding principle, because you don't like it. You want to change it, one nation under government, and then I don't like that and you want to silence me. And this is, leads us to the fifth principle in this chapter that, and, and, and this study, that the king cannot be a stranger from another nation who doesn't know the Torah and the one true God. Now, that's not an indictment against somebody that was born in a different country. Really, the spiritual principle is, if if you're not one nation under God type, if you're not, I love the Bible and I'll follow the Bible and follow God's laws, we don't want you making decisions. We don't want you legislating things. And the church pulled back from all of that for years and years because we just want to gather inside our little church and play church while the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And then they're all of a sudden coming up with things that we never dreamed possible. There's a great article uh, that you can read online by Rabbi Khan, uh Ari Khan. Uh, called Justice Justice. And he points out something fascinating. Uh, He says that when the modern state of Israel was being established, the first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, posed the following question to all the rabbis of the day. And the question was, how does a modern secular state, which Israel was founded in a big way by secular people that well, they believed in miracles and they believe okay, God, but it wasn't like they were Orthodox Jewish leaders. so But he asked, how does a modern secular state coexist with the religious community which bases its existence on different values and laws? And one of the rabbis responded by saying, any conflict, between the religious community and the political community should be resolved by this principle. And this is, was from one of the ancient books in Jewish Wisdom. And it says, When two camels meet at a narrow ledge, we must look which of the two has been traveling longer and bearing a greater Burden, And that's the one that should get priority. And so the rabbi and everyone agreed that therefore the state should step aside and respect those values that have been carried on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so... For us, we like that because it's saying God and God's Word is the highest priority. There is no authority higher than God. But to the state, to the secular humanists, that's trouble. Because they want to be the highest authority. Right? And so... What should be happening is that in the synagogue, in the church, and through the state, we should be working together and accommodating society's laws and rules based on our Judeo-Christian values and ethics. But the state wants to be the authority, so they ain't having none of that. Look in whatever way you think that America hadn't lived up to its founding documents. In in the end, the uh, uh, it's mainly due because of biblical shortcomings of the leaders. They didn't understand how to implement things in a godly way, and many of them stood down while the secular humanists stood up, and then we get this big bait-and-switch thing going on. It's This is true for you at home. It's true for who's ever living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, or somewhere in between, man's inability on an individual level and on a national level to continue to apply the full gamut, the full spectrum of God's divine principles is what causes the ills and the woes and the injustice and being treated unfairly. We don't divide the word of God correctly or we have abandoned the word of God completely. Now here's kind of the end-time prophetic rub. The rapture of the church, the seven-year tribulation, all the birth pangs, the rise of the Antichrist is all built upon a great falling away. Multitudes will be deluded and deceived and there will be a rise in what the Bible says lawlessness. But here's the interesting nuance to the word lawless. In the Bible, the law is always or usually, well, it can either uh, be directed towards legalism or God's laws, God's commandments, which are good. And that's what's going on here in the last days. This rise of lawlessness is a rise in Torahlessness. Biblelessness. And so there's a lot of people that love themselves more than they love God. And they want to install a counterfeit society that promises utopia without God. Okay? And I've said this before. uh, You have to feel good about where you're at at New Beginnings because we're working every day. I come to work every day. I'll tell you what. When it comes to people like me and Lydia and Tamra, we are working our rear ends off. Amen. We don't just come in, drink coffee, eat donuts, burn away eight hours, and oh, no, no, it wasn't that nice? We are putting the pedal to the metal, slamming and jamming. We keep on trucking. Amen. And and why? Because we're preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah. I wish every church was meeting with that goal in mind. The reason we're gathering this Sunday is because whatever we're praying about, whatever we're giving towards, whatever is being preached upon, is helping uh, the spiritual momentum to prepare the world for the coming of the Lord. That's our goal. But the Antichrist crowd is preparing the world for something else. And there's preparations that we're seeing right before our eyes. They're preparing the world for the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist. So part of our Christian duty is to figure out which side are we helping prepare. <laughs> Well, I never thought of it that way. You better start thinking of it that way. Daniel, the prophet, foresaw a day when the Antichrist would rise to power, and he prophesied in Daniel 7.25, he will defy the Most High God and wear down the saints with persecution. Try to wear us out. Have you noticed how non-stop things come? Every day is got six, eight, ten weird, wacky, crazy things going on. You're saying, how can this be? Wearing out the saints of the Most High. And then it goes on and the prophet says, He will try to change all the laws, all the morals... And all the customs. How many of you agree with God's word that, uh, that this is what the Antichrist is about? And that's taking place even now. Yeah, so just here's some examples. Consider uh, who wants one nation under government instead of one nation under God? Who, what leaders are out there that want that? What what leaders are out there who are against appointing more conservative Christian judges? Yeah. Wow. Who is for or who is against Christian prayer in public schools and public places? Who wants that and who doesn't want that? People are showing their hand right now, aren't they? Yeah, who supports the Ten Commandments as public policy and who doesn't? Who only wants abortion protections for the woman but not the baby? Good question. Why, why do you just want protection for the woman and not the baby? Can the baby feel pain? Does the baby have a heartbeat? Some of the people that are on the ante, they, uh, they want live birth abortion. That's barbaric. That's like Joseph Mengele stuff. Not to mention what we're seeing now about how they're doing things with the beagles. Hundreds and thousands of beagles being raised in cages funded by people that are on TV every day saying what we should do. And they're funding by hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars studies to raise beagles and kill them in their experiments. That's gruesome. It's happening right here in America and no one wants to give an account for that. Who wants alternative lifestyles that the Bible says is forbidden to be taught to my grandchild? Who wants that? There's people out there advocating for it every day on TV, voting for it. Who supports selecting your gender? Who supports selecting the pronouns you want to be called for instead of male and female? Who wants the definition of God's form of marriage redefined? Who's trying to revive segregation, racism, and dividing America into tribal groups? Appoint for yourself leaders that God himself approves of this uh, i mean who supports letting drugs pour into our country and last year 90,000 american citizens of every race creed and color died of an opioid overdose who supports legalizing that in oregon they did they decriminalized everything all the way up to heroin who thinks of that stuff the antichrist crowd now, in certain states, uh, the, the dirty little secret is out of the LBGTQ. They forgot the P. You know what the P stands for? Pedophilia. Now there's people beginning to advocate. Pe- you know what pedophilia? We don't even want to go into that. And yet, they're promoting that, and it's starting to build a moment, because we're not going to judge any of that, and it, everything is fine. If it feels good, do it. Who supports that? People that got voted in. Who supports standing with Israel and who doesn't? Who supports law and order and defund the police and who doesn't? Who's urging censorship of Christian and conservative speech? Who supports tearing down national borders and changing our national sovereignty and and who opposes it? And on and on and on. Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we better not let our foundations be destroyed. Amen. I, I uh, have a, a great leadership book by the late, great Stephen Covey, uh, Principled Centered Leadership. And uh, in chapter 7, he lays out the seven deadly sins that leaders face. We all face, but leaders face. And the first thing that he says, he's the one that wrote seven habits of highly successful people. Brilliant man. Number one, wealth without work. Getting something for nothing. And manipulating the laws to allow that to happen. Deadly sin. Number two, pleasure without conscience. Living without a moral compass and no sense of personal or spiritual responsibility or accountability. Will anybody be held to account for the madness? Not as long as the wrong people are in charge. Number three, knowledge without character. This is intellectual development And the dangers of it without developing principles, values, and priorities. When I learned of this, the experimentation on these dogs. It just Because I, I have a dog. I'm a dog owner and a dog lover. And I'm watching people that are trying to set policy for our national health because of COVID. And they're funding gruesome, hideous experiments on thousands of dogs. There are tens of thousands of dogs in kennels around America that are being raised exclusively so that they can try some kind of horrid experiment on them and then they kill them. Who voted for that? Number four, because they got funded for that, because the people in charge don't have God's values, they got the devil's values. Number four, commerce without morality, which is business without ethics. Andy? Andy? Could you uh, say bye to that guy? <laughs> cricket, cricket alert! Thank you, Andy. He's going to release him into the wilderness. See, Andy has science without with humanity. With you, but in the also science we're seeing and I'm share has no humanity anymore, right? If science is just about developing new technologies, it's eventually going to turn man into the victim. Religion without sacrifice. These are the seven things from uh Stephen Covey, Religion Without Sacrifice, number six. True religion means we got to be willing to sacrifice some things. It's not just about me. It's about thinking of a bigger picture, the cause of Christ, and what does God require of me, right? And sometimes that means you sacrificed by coming in early. God bless you for that. God will honor that. Number seven, politics without principle. Why do politicians spend millions and millions of dollars creating an image of themselves that isn't true? So there it is. Talking on a national level. But there's an intriguing twist to all of this in that some of the great rabbis point to some unusual phrasing in the opening scripture where it says, Judges and officials in all your cities, appoint them for yourself. For yourself. So the question in... uh, Jewish circles arises, why did God have Moses add, for yourself? And this phrase, for yourself, they've concluded, is that it's meant for us to look at ourselves and ask ourselves how we can transform our own lives. how do we transform our own lives and implement the laws and principles of God for yourself? Meaning that you're a judge over your own life, your attitude, behavior, and conduct. You can't outsource that. So God is saying, ancient wisdom is saying, this establishes and calls us to be our own inner judge. Jesus said something about this in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. Judge yourself and you will not be judged. And that you know, boils down to making sure that what we're doing is in line with God's word. Not just what Washington's doing or what Austin is doing or what Dallas, Fort Worth or Arlington or any, what those city, state, uh, national officials are doing. What am I doing personally? And this is where the Holy Spirit works his, can we say, Christian magic? (laughs) Just a phrase. We're not teaching uh, to approve magic. The Holy Spirit comes to make the Word alive, to make God's principles alive so that we can make the appropriate judgments. There's a course of action in our lives that's good and there's a course of action in our lives that's bad. Holy Spirit, reveal to me and then give me the courage to do something about it. This is how you end up governing and administrating what the Bible says is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? The challenge seems to be that we're always judging things with partiality. I'm harder on you than I am on me. (laughs) Well, you know, not in my case. (laughs) I'm my own worst critic. My wife rolls her eyes at me a lot. Why do you beat yourself up like that? Because I don't want to be the last to know. I don't want to get to the pearly gates only to find out that the list of things that I should have done better or wasn't doing at all is longer than what I did do. See, the problem is we judge others by their actions. But we judge ourselves by our intentions. I intended to do that. So I get a pass because I had that thought. I'm a legend in my own mind. But here's here's the call of the shofar. Here's the call of Elul. Uh, it can happen 365 days a year if you're going by... Uh, the uh, 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 solar calendar or 360 days a year if you're going by the lunar calendar. (laughs) The shofar, God, the Holy Spirit is calling us to fulfill something like Psalm 5110. Psalm 5110. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's a lengthy process a lifelong process right Hebrews 9:14 says how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God boy that's a process <laughs> Because if you came into this thing with a lot of stinking thinking, (laughs) there's a lot of check up from the neck up. (laughs) Right? But that's where you apply the power of the blood, the power of the cross, working with the word, working the word. Holy Spirit, create in me that clean heart. And you're praying that and you're lathering, rinsing, and repeating Titus one fifteen. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Yeah. Or to put it another way, nothing's sacred anymore. Both their minds and their consciences are defiled. You don't want to be trending in the wrong direction. Right. And so... In certain translations uh, in Hebrew, the Hebrew Bible, the complete Jewish Bible, others, they have a little distinct interpretation or translation to this Deuteronomy 16:18. You are to appoint judges and officers for all your gates, it says, For all your gates. What are the gates? In ancient wisdom, this is a metaphor that is pointing to the gates of your eyes. You appoint judges and officials. There's an authority over you, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, divine principles. uh, And you uh, appoint them to guard the gates the gates of your eyes, so that you won't be led astray by looking at the wrong things or looking at life the wrong way. Not bad, huh? Also put a guard on your ears to protect yourself from the negative effects of gossip, negative speech, corrupt communications. Then put a guard on your mouth to safeguard you against the negative effects of gossip. Lashon hara. Life and death. Power of the tongue. Put a guard on your mouth. So you don't... Uh, your, your tongue is like a rudder. And it's steering you either to the blessing or to the curse. And this is how you guard yourself, your spirit, your soul. And this is how you establish... A godly moral conscience that's guiding all the different decisions that we're making. We're, we're suddenly determining what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And then we're just committed. We're convinced, we're committed that uh, we're doing it God's way. So this isn't just for some. Some. This isn't for the other guy. Don't sit here and think, well, boy, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this sermon. I'm buying them the CD. <laughs> Listen to this. It'll help you. No, it's for us. It's for me. And that's how you mature. Right? You want to become a believing believer. Right? Pastor Greg's uh, old phrase, uh, it's just stuck with me. Are you a believing believer? (laughs) Are you a Christ-like Christian? That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility to check yourself out. The shofar is blowing. It's that season of teshuvah. Return, repent. Make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing the right way because the King is coming. Amen. One day the shofar will blow and we'll be raptured and spend eternity with the Lord. Amen. That could happen in a few weeks. It could happen tonight. We don't exactly, just because our calendar says that Rosh Hashanah is, you know, in about three, three and a half weeks, it doesn't necessarily mean that from the beginning of the time the calendar fell that way. No man knows the day or the hour, partly because man has screwed up the calendar in, uh, uh, over the course of several thousand years. just as we close the when you blow the shofar there's a blessing that says blessed are you lord our god king of the universe who commanded us to hear the voice of the shofar that's the blessing who's commanded us to hear the voice notice it didn't say blessed are you lord our god king of the v- universe who commanded us to blow the shofar He didn't command us to blow the shofar, although we do and we can and we should. But he said, blessed are you who hears, what is the shofar saying? Teshuvah! Return to your first love. Return to the priorities that God has laid out. Return to living your life in a way that's pleasing to God. The King is coming. You don't want to miss out on the blessing. So you need to know the way, the shofar says, reminds us, know the way. Go the way and show the way.